Start your engines and join me in the new mobile game, RuPaul's Drag Race Superstar. May the best superstar win. Available now. In a world full of straight people, aren't you glad there's WOW Presents Plus, the number one place in the world to see Drag Race? Subscribe to WOW Presents Plus. Still only $4.99. Subscribe today as streamed on TV. I'm Matt McConkie. I'm a writer, performer, and host of this podcast about And Just Like That. But now that we've recapped both seasons of the show, I couldn't help but wonder, should I go back and cover the original Sex in the City? The answer, of course, is no, but I can't be stopped, so every week I'll be joined by my very own Mirandas and Charlottes to unpack an episode or movie of their choosing. We're doing Sex in the City Roulette with extra Samantha and none of the Che. And just like Matt, welcome to the show. Hello, everybody. We're back, and this week we're going to dive into the three Ps, power lesbians, Horn and pubes, because we are talking Sex in the City, season two, episode six, The Cheating Curve. This is the one where Carrie gets back with Big and Charlotte gets swept up in the power lesbian elite. And Miranda finds herself competing with her boyfriend's porn. And Samantha gets a lightning bolt shaved into her pubes from her personal trainer. And I am joined by two women who, regardless of how they identify, could run the power lesbian lead if they so chose. First up, she is the definition of executive realness because she's not only the host of the excellent podcast, Cool, Cool, Cool. She is the executive director of entertainment for Condé Nast, which sounds like like a job of one of Carrie's like really fancy friends where you're like, is that, what does that even mean? But you're like, they can't be real. And yet it is because she's real and she's here. Liz Cully, hello. What an intro. What an intro. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This It was a pleasure to rewatch this episode. I had forgotten so many amazing moments. And yeah, let's. I can't wait to dive into pubes and porn. Same, same. And more amazing moments lie ahead because we are also joined by a very special guest. She's been on the podcast not once, not twice, but this, the third time's a charm. You demanded more of her, and now you're going to get it. TV writer and producer, Nicole Shabtai, welcome back. Wow. Thank you so much for having me back. And I apologize. Just need to put out there, I don't know what I said on the last time that I was here. I um, was in the throes of norovirus, and I did blackout. So I hope that it was good, um, and I plan to be be great today, especially with uh, with Liz. So you always so are. And I feel like you actually <laughs> did your best work while you were blacked out. Wow. Okay. Coronavirus. So, uh, hope to black out again, then nothing like a little scissor on a podcast, you know? Yeah. I, you know, one disclaimer I'll throw out there is I'm feeling physically fine, but my dog right before we started recording ate a protein bar, which is not something I, I mean, one of the gayer sentences I've ever said, but it was like, um, I left my backpack on the floor and I forgot it was in there. And I went to the bathroom and I came out and there's the wrapper. Anyway, I just say that because if I abruptly jump up 
it might be because I have to rush him to the emergency room. He seems fine. He actually seems like maybe his blood sugar has been steadied. Anyway. Yeah, I was going to say he's probably like going to have a great day starting it with protein, you know? Yeah. yeah. Ripped and ready to go, like off to the park, you know, just showing exactly. all those other little gay dogs in West Hollywood who's boss. It's all about the protein. Uh, let, let's first get, you know, no grounded and, and centered historically. Liz, what's your relationship to Sex and the City? And, and I also want to get into, you know, your real life Sex and the City-esque experiences. Oh, God. Well, my relationship to Sex and the City. So I didn't have HBO more. I didn't even have TV when it first came out. I was at boarding school in New England at the time. And so we would get like the DVD, you know, the rich girls, like who had, you know, their moms buy them the DVDs and send them to us. And then we would have to wait, you know, for them to come into the mailroom. And then we would watch them over and over and over again, because when you don't have live TV and you just have DVDs, you watch them over and over again. So I loved it. I mean, I'm a city kid. I'm from San Francisco, which means I was doing drugs and drinking by seventh grade. Um, so it was great. You know, I really identified with the girls. I'm like, uh, I like Cosmos too, you know. But in my early 20s, I was in New York um, and I saw them filming it a ton, which was, I went to school at the new school. And so I would see them, you know, shut down. You know, Patricia Field is right were right by where I lived. So I would walk by and, you know, just, it was really fun to kind of see it all happening. Also, it was like a great time in fashion and to be in New York in like 19, it was just a great time. And then I moved back to San Francisco and really had like a lot of no strings attached sex whilst writing for places like Vice and San Francisco Chronicle. So I really was having sort of this like, adjacent hairy moment though i've as we talked about matt i've always yeah. really identified as a charlotte but but that is a very carrie-esque background that you come yeah. from. yeah just chain smoking cigs you know and nicole we've talked about this on the show before was kind of was also kind of cosplaying as carrie in a different stage of life i guess i think we, around the same time i was in middle school and high school when Sex and the City came out and I grew up in New York City. And I think I've said this on the podcast before, I would steal my mom's fur coats and then just like walk up and down Second Avenue smoking cigarettes. Uh, uh, with braces. With braces. Important to- Yeah, with remember. braces, cosplaying, uh, cosplaying Carrie, going to a place called Sushi Generation um, oh, on Second yes. Avenue and, and ordering uh, yeah. Cosmos, but they didn't have them. So we would drink big um, volcanoes uh, mm. with a 151 fiery center. Um, Delicious. <laughs> And then Absolutely. black out. And then black out. Yeah. And Nicole, as a <laughs> seasoned veteran of the show and, and this show, both shows, all shows, how does this, you know, we'll go through beat by beat, of course, but but overall, where does the cheating curve fit into the legacy for you? Wow. Um, this one really brought me back uh, in a, in a multitude of ways. First of all, what a masterful uh, episode on every level, like so tight, so clean. I loved all of the the four perspectives and and how fast the story moved. I, it was it was Darren Star, uh, you know, just masterful uh, early sex in the city. And I loved it so much. 
but I also just, it, you know, as a child, I did identify as a Carrie. Um, and <laughs> so I was always uh, chasing un, uh, emotionally unavailable boys, um, mm-hmm. which I guess is just what boys were um, when you're in eighth grade. And, and just thinking to myself, like, this is my life on TV right now. <laughs> I'm watching it play out. So it was, it was wild to, to revisit. Yeah. I mean, for me, I, you know, the big headline of course is like the lesbian elite and just everything that represents and what a moment that was. And like, then it, I, I start going down this rabbit hole of like queer representation in the show and what an arc we've had from like this moment that this episode is set in. And then of course we have, we were introduced to like Stanford and Anthony as kind of the like prototypical gay, uh, I don't want to say sidekick, but sounding board, you know, and then later we meet, is it Maria? Who's when Samantha has a brief, yes. lesbian <laughs> thing, who is just, I mean, that is, that's not great re- representation only because she's so mm. goddamn annoying. But then of course, later on, Miranda's going to come out and then just like that, we're going to meet Che Diaz. So we've come so far in so many ways. Liz, how does all of this add up for you? Well, <laughs> I mean, it, I look at what a nerd I am. I took like oh, incredible notes. notes whilst watching just because oh, like so Nicole. Yeah. I Thank know, but both. to Nicole's point, it was so tight and masterful. And in terms of representation and just almost like funny inside gay jokeness, like the art, let's just start not to like take, but I, like the art is so bad in this um the art is so awful and i feel like the through line is like then che diaz's art is so awful like we've come full Mm. circle it's like (laughs) the jokes are so bad and it's so tropey in terms of what being queer is that i really appreciated the consistency you know Uh, what i mean like the consistency of the tropes being ever present I actually mm-hmm. appreciate it. Like, you know, it's, uh, you know, talking about like, you know, the lesbians have killer shoes and killer eyewear. And like, you're like, but they yeah. don't actually. And like, they're commenting on like her horrible loafers or, you know, her Prada, mm. you know, Charlotte's horrible Prada loafers that are like so ugly. Like, who would ever want that? Only a lesbian <laughs> would be into that. You know what I mean? And then it's like you go all these seasons later, you know, with, Samantha and Maria it's like this like really intense toxic lesbian like crazy over the top toxic lesbian such a trope then you go through to like Che Diaz who is the most obnoxious version of Gen Z like liberation of the binary like it's just it's great I loved I'm I'm leaning in I'm leaning into it yeah that's a nice way to look at it it's like it's comforting to know that we're always gonna tick off some boxes (laughs) yeah in this universe it's yeah well let's get into the episode you know it's so interesting like the things that i do remember the 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 moments that jump out at me like oh this is this was the thing that like stayed was like implanted in my psyche and it's of course the 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 power lesbians but like one thing that was so burned in my brain from back then is like one of the opening lines when Carrie is like, you know, they say New Yorkers will go to the opening of an envelope yes. so long as so the champagne good. doesn't run dry. And I was just like, well, I can't wait to be a real adult. I'm going to go to art openings, but in like an obligatory, it's like, I don't want to be here, but like, 
I'm a socialite. This is what we do, you know? And then, you know, we kind of check in with all of the girls really quickly. And, and Charlotte and Miranda are both dating guys who are absolute duds as usual in this show. Samantha runs into her trainer who actually is hot, which is rare for the show. But for me, I think the hottest thing of all is like where Carrie and big are at this stage of their relationship, the sneaking around the meeting up late at night. Nicole, how are you feeling about the men in this episode? Yeah. I mean, it's uh, I, I fully agree with you about where they are. I think maybe this is the best place uh, to be for Carrie and big. Mm -hmm. And it also makes me think like, wow, I gotta say, like, she never, she really shouldn't have ended up with this guy, right? Like, they <sighs> should have kind of, like, left it here. And, yes. but, I mean, or, or it's like, I love, you totally. know, we, we, they hurt each other. One of my favorite moments, actually, of the episode is when Carrie is, like, high on the adrenaline of, like, the secret of this like unbelievable hookup, you know, mm -hmm. that they're having. And she says to her friends while they're walking down the street, like I, it's big. And the reaction of the friends, like what the fuck is wrong with you? Like it was so real. Yeah. Um, I think we've all either been Carrie in that moment or been the friends. Uh, and it felt like, you know, where you just can't get through to that person. Like what you're doing is like abusive to yourself. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and, but, but you can't not do it because it feels so good and so exciting. Um, you know, I, again, like I said, this is my life in middle school. I, uh, I, I, <laughs> I used to see this boy who, um, would wait until like, the middle of the night when everyone in my house was asleep and I would call down to the doorman of my building and I would say don't call up when wow. uh he comes just send him up like that's sane one that a yeah. would listen to like a 14 or 15 year old girl and just I'm send obsessed. him oh my her God. apartment which is like absolutely fireable but like also I think I was, again, like cosplaying this relationship. Uh, yeah. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. As many of you know, I'm a big therapy person. I would say for me, the greatest benefit of therapy, if I can look back at all of the years that I have spent in therapy, has been changing the way that I speak to myself internally. You know, everybody always says like, yeah, you treat yourself the way that you would treat a friend. That's much easier said than done. So many of us are our own worst critics and it, it, it takes some, some, some help to untangle that. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try because it's entirely online. So it's convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire. You get matched with a licensed therapist. You can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So take a moment, visit betterhelp.com slash like Matt today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash like Matt. 
Well, they say time waits for no one and neither should payday. To get your money moving in the direction of your dreams, get Earn In. Earn In is the app that's helping millions of Americans feel self-sufficient without falling into debt traps. EarnIn empowers you to live life to the fullest by providing up to $100 a day of your pay within minutes of earning it, no mandatory fees, and no credit check. You just watch your earnings tick up as you work, access up to $750 per pay period. It's easy and free to get started. You just add your bank and employment info. They'll verify your paycheck. It's designed to support you in the short term and long term. So download EarnIn today. That's e a-R-N-I-N in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, just type in Just Like Matt under podcast when you sign up. It'll really help the show. That's Just Like Matt under podcast. Earn In is a financial technology company, not a bank, subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank & Trust, member FDIC. And what, so what would happen when that boy got sent up to the apartment? I mean, we would like, we would, we would hook up. Like, and I was like, I would not really let anyone like, like I would, I, I we would hook up, but like not go too far. And then, yeah, I'd, be, yeah. and then I'd be like, get out. Um, <laughs> but no one would hear you. I'm fascinated by this because I was the queen of sneaking out. And it was yeah. similar. I'd have to go down the hill and I'd have a yellow cab and I got this guy's number and I, which is insane. I was 13. My boyfriend was 16 at the time, which wow. I think is illegal, but whatever. And I would go in the middle of the night and I would put body like pillows and bodies. Oh, but you would Ferris Bueller your bed. Oh, crazy. And I had this like crazy Madame Alexandra doll with my color hair and I would shove it in. The th it's like psychotic. But I was leaving the house. I yeah. am so fascinated. You just up the fucking ante by bringing them in the apartment. It is, it's a, it's it is crazy. Amazing. <laughs> I love this. Thinking about this is crazy. Yeah, it's, it was dangerous. Sure was. Like, what, how far, like, I have to, I'm so sorry. I have to know. You go up, you open up the door. You're like, your right. parents are like down the hall and you're the other hall. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, basically it's like you come up the stairs. Um, but also my parents were like, also out a lot so like maybe they were not in yeah, new york city like i'm thinking i'm like uh. i'm like i'm trying to like think back i'm like were they home um i don't know like i think yeah. probably sometimes but maybe sometimes they weren't and sounds like you and i had parallel lives before yeah. i went to boarding school where like i just wasn't really parented because my parents were like socialites in the city yeah. and they're like bye like bye. you're good but <laughs> it's good. i just love i mean wow you're really I bringing them home. That is great. I love it. Love well, I it. I think my mom was like, you have to be home at a certain time. And I was such sure. a rule follower in that way where I was just like, absolutely. You, you know, but home. then I was home. Um, I just, uh, you know, I would invite friends over late at night. Was the doorman that worked in Big's building that also sort of like gave an eye to Carrie in this episode, your doorman too? Oh my God. Now they, it's such a, I was thinking about that scene and I'm like, he definitely was like, what the fuck with this chick? Like, you know, know. Like, and, and like, you know, like my doorman knows like we can't, he's the night doorman, right? It's like, mm -hmm. we're not ever going to talk about it. And like, for the most part, I'm not going to see you during the day. So, you know, uh, we will both just hold this secret 
because if we don't, everyone gets in trouble. It's just so torrid. I just love it so much. The sneaking, the the boy sneaking up to the to the room. I feel like I was also acting out these dramas in like middle school, but it would be with if, if it was with a girl, it would be like we can't do this like you and me together (laughs) like it was always like i just meet like avoiding trying to like do anything more than kiss with like weird stories around the like toxic drama of us where they were like what but i yeah that is so funny (laughs) oh god okay well before we move on to the other ones i just since we're on the carrie and big topic where are you liz in the larger big versus Aiden discourse. I couldn't agree with Nicole more. I don't like she never should have ended up with big. Like big Mm -hmm. was just the wrong, like she bet on the wrong horse, which is also why I love the show so much and why, you know, I I have, I don't, I don't, they could put out a geriatric version of the show and I would watch every single episode. There were many (laughs) issues that I had with the new installment. However, of course, still watched it. But, you know, and Aiden is trite and annoying and came like, what? Like your kid did mushrooms and you have to go home and take care of him. Like, I don't even get me started. Don't (laughs) even bring me back for that episode. Cause I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like your kid sounds like a brat. And oh, by the way, coming from one, Send that motherfucker to boarding school. Like, get out of here. Like, what are you talking about? Like, go move into Gramercy Park in this sick apartment. Like, what? You know, it was like, what are you talking about? But I think she did bet on the wrong horse. Big, I've dated many a a man that like that. I'm sure you, all of us have. Mm -hmm. um, Where she was never going to feel like he was always slipping through her fingers. And I think it's really hard to come back in a relationship when your family, if you care about what your family thinks, I don't. So that was never my problem. But when your (laughs) friends, when your friends disapprove, like Nicole said, so intensely where you're like, dude, you're a moron. Like, what are you doing? Because you never, you always know that that happened. And so Mm -hmm. I feel like when she's like, I'm not really in the mood to watch a movie anymore. I'm like, also, Charlotte, you are you guys are ripping martinis and you're going to go see a movie like before people go out. Just that one. I was like, God, people did so much in a night back in the day. <laughs> but um, I just think it set the tone for what the for what it was always going to be, which yeah. is like everyone kind of talking shit behind your back, not really approving of it. You always really trying to appear like everything is cool and everything is working. And obviously we, we know what ends up happening. I mean, it does work and then it doesn't, it was never going to work. Right. What happens to him ultimately does work for me quite well. It works. I was so ready to see him. Goodbye. Goodbye. Yeah. Didn't work for Peloton so well, but. You know, this show is all about honest conversations where we we really face our fears. And for some of us, it's a fear of aging. For some of us, it's a fear of carbs. And hey, I get it. The fear is real. But that is why I'm so excited to tell you about our sponsor, Hero Bread. Hero Bread has remade many of your favorite foods, but in these fluffy, delicious versions that include no net carbs, zero grams sugar, and fewer calories, plus protein, and fiber. Two of my favorite things. I've always said, if I ever have twin children, their names are going to be protein and fiber. 
What did I have for lunch today? A tuna sandwich on their seeded bread. It was the perfect texture. It toasts up just like a dream. My God, was it good. And right now, if you go to hero.co and use code like Matt, you will get 10% off your first order. So don't give up on being a breadhead because Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co, use code like Matt at checkout. That's like Matt at H E R O.co. No, it didn't. But this, yeah, this episode was exactly as you're saying. It's like this crystallized what their relationship was at its best. Like, it, I don't, it, 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 it didn't need to go further than this. And, so they're having this fling and, and they're not cheating per se, but you know, episodes called the cheating curve and the real cheating kind of starts in the cold open Carrie. I mean, Charlotte walks into the like storage room of a gallery and her ugly boyfriend's making out with another oh, woman. First so of all, ugly. his name is Gareth, um, Gareth, which I fucking love. And uh, <laughs> I wrote down, this is like Gareth owns thorn a place frequented by second tier models and the men who buy them salads i'm like no notes gorgeous love because that is like 1998 new york city in a nutshell is gareth who owns thorn um i love it yeah i do too um god gareth was a yeah a, a real turd but you know, that kicks off this whole conversation with the girls, like what constitutes cheating? Well, let's start there. Well, I'd love to hear from both of you what constitutes cheating. Wow. Great, Nicole, you go first. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, fuck. Um, you know, I feel like I've really evolved a lot on this uh, as, as an idea over the years. I like early on in my uh, relationship uh, with my husband, who I've been with for like 15 years, I used to think, well, okay, I could tell this quick story uh, on my, I'd never been to a strip club before, um, before my bachelorette party. Um, and, uh, my husband had gone to a strip club. My now husband had gone to a strip club at his, uh, bachelor party. And I ended up long story, but I ended up going to a strip club with, uh, someone at the time who was a big, uh, celebrity. Um, I met him in, mm-hmm. in Las Vegas on my, Great. please tell my, us Amy, right now who that celebrity is. I Nicole. can't, I can't. Oh, come on. Oh, it's not, he was the nicest. He was so nice. This like, if, if anyone comes out sparkling clean on this, it's it's this wonderful celebrity man. No, no need to, <laughs> to name gate. We can just let the, let the gates flood, no? Maybe we, we can, maybe we'll get some clues as she continues yeah, the story. Cause I do want, but, and sorry, you're saying this was you, for your bachelorette, my, you went to my a strip club with this male celebrity. For my bachelorette party. Okay, I should restart and you can uh you can cut some of this out. But no, no. Basically, <laughs> I um uh I was supposed to go to Long Island for my bachelorette party and just like hang out with my friends and like learn how to cook something. And then after <laughs> my yeah, that's where I was at. And then after <laughs> uh my husband got back from his bachelor party, I um 
I had like a psychotic break. Um, I think uh, I was just like very uh, unwell. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, and then I was like, I am going to compete now. Uh, okay, okay. And I'm like, guys, wouldn't it be like, okay, I know we like have this plan, but like, wouldn't it be like so fun to go to Las Vegas instead and like do drugs and stuff? And they're like, you don't do drugs. I'm just like, I know, but like, let's do them. Like, let's oh, do all, all the drugs and like go and like go out and like do all the things. And everyone was like, uh okay and I think they were just like trying to be supportive and they mm -hmm. even like I had a friend who like drove across state lines with like a lot of drugs wow um, oh so nice that's very a ride or die. what a ride or die. ride or die um and uh but what the I guess tell you uh but I missed is that you shouldn't do every drug at the same exact time Ooh. um which I did do um oh, no. <laughs> And then ended up uh, in uh, a nightclub while, where they were playing uh, EDM music, which then like I felt like I was like shrinking into mm -hmm. uh, my body um, and wanted to leave immediately. And they're like, you dragged us here. Like you wanted this. And I'm just like, I don't want this yeah. anymore. Um, now, a couple of hours earlier, we had been at a day club where we ran into this male uh, superstar celebrity. Uh -huh. Oh, we've gone from celebrity <laughs> to superstar. At the time wow. he was. At the time he was. This and is... did you have a pre-existing -pre friendship no, with him? No, not just... at all. Um, I uh, He was on his bachelor party, uh, but um... he had brought his fiance. They were doing a joint bachelor bachelorette party which and is were... even a worse idea than <laughs> yeah. going to vegas and doing drugs for the first time all at the same time is a joint bachelor bachelorette party in vegas as a superstar celebrity yes wow whatever okay, okay. so uh but they were like very tame and sweet and they were like next to us and, and is she also a celebrity she's not a celebrity mm. Uh, but so there and he's so nice and he's at his, the height of his fame and we ask him to take a photo uh, with us and then you know I could not have been nicer now we're back at the nightclub where my brain has shut down I'm outside mm -hmm. of the Cosmopolitan in Las Vegas and uh, it's 11 o'clock at night I have absolutely failed uh, 11 o'clock at night might as well be 3 p.m. anywhere else you <laughs> know quite early there yeah. I yeah I have failed my mission of like you know the competition that's only in my mind and I see the celebrity outside as well and I just go hey and I wave at him as if we're friends um <laughs> and he says bachelorette and I'm like yes <laughs> he knows me mm -hmm. um and he's like where are you going and I'm like oh we're going home he's like no you're not and I'm like I'm not where am I going and he's like you're coming with me <gasps> to the spearmint rhino Girl, um, okay. Girl, girl, girl. The nights I've had at the Spearmint Rhino in Vegas. Oh, bro. And I wasn't on any drugs. Okay. Just, so I don't even want to know. So you guys, now I've never been in a strip club before. Mm. 
And when you go to a strip club with a celebrity, you actually don't go through the front. Mm. You go into a different Ooh. entrance. The into back a door. Into a back say. door. Right. Um, and I don't know that this is not just the normal strip club. <laughs> and I am rolling my face off. Okay. And I am, I have, I, I have lost all of my friends and I am now standing in a circle of men who are just oh. staring at someone getting fingered. Oh my God. Oh, so then, like on, on stage, like one of the, no, not on stage. Oh. I don't know. I'm like, I, there was, there wasn't a stage guys. I am in the champagne Who's getting fingered? You? Room. No, not me. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm like, what? I'm not getting fingered. No, a stripper. A sh- sorry. Uh, a stranger. A dancer, a dancer oh, okay, is being, okay. I'm sorry. I'm not talking about it. I got it. I got it. I got it. A, a, a dancer is engaging uh, yeah, is, in it, work. In work. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and I am like, is this what happens? in strip clubs sometimes yes Nicole. sometimes yes now i again have lost everybody i am with men who i don't know the celebrity also i'm not with i've lost everybody oh, oh shit it is it is a total like i've i i wandered into like uh i don't know where i am and then i start hysterically crying <laughs> That happens often in it's strip an clubs, especially experiment, right? Yeah, appropriate yeah. response. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then my friends find me. They're like, "Let's go, let's go." And so now we're on the taxi line outside of the Spearmint Rhino, and I am like, I am berating the men who are on this line. Okay, oh, and I am wow. like, "Wow, does your wife know? Does she know <laughs> what goes on here?" And these are like. I mean, college students, like truly, <laughs> like they're like, they're like on spring break from Dartmouth. Like they're just like, we are engineer students. And I'm just like, well, it's horrible what happens in these places. Like I, and I, and we're laughing, but I'm also crying. Um, now I find out only later that we didn't go through the front. Mm. This is the back. This is not what my uh, now husband has engaged in. Right. Um, uh, I So to answer your question, Matt, uh, what constitutes cheating? For me, I think like uh, an emotional connection. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I used to think was uh, strip clubs. Uh, until you, yeah, you really one up i'm assuming you went way further in, into that strip club rabbit hole than than doug did on his um so he was like what <laughs> what what are you talking about and i was yeah i, I you know i came home i said everything he was like this is not no this is not it's shocking it's still not <laughs> cheating but it is shocking and sorry last question did you yeah. ever cross paths with the superstar again I I did at a birthday party, a children's birthday party. Just uh, now, my husband and I have been married for ten years, so this is ten years ago. Um, and so, very recently at a children's birthday party, I did cross paths with a superstar, and um, did not 
engaged in converse. No, I was not like, remember me, the bachelorette. Opportunity. Why weren't you like, hey, me? Yeah. Oh, wow. Wow. Okay. Okay. Wow, Liz. Yeah. Any anecdotes from Spearmint Rhino or or uh, cheating, being cheated on? The floor is I yours. I mean, listen. I've been cheated on. I've never really cheated because I was never in long enough relationships to really do that to anyone when I was younger. I also was like in a weird like swinging phase in my early twenties where I would like, oh, oh yeah, big. That's swinger. sexy. That's cool. Yeah, it was like a big. <laughs> swinging kind of weird community in San Francisco that was a little touch of like Burning Man and then like Silicon Valley. It was very strange. And I was really, really young. And really that was just an excuse for me to like kiss girls. Um, Cause my boyfriend I think was also sort of gay, but he, who knows, apparently he lives in like Thailand and is into Bitcoin these days. That's what I've mm. heard. Who knows? This is, you know, 17 years ago. So yeah, the cheating thing was interesting because in my early 20s, I would like literally hook up with couples and they had all of this like polyamory, you know what I mean? They were all Mm -hmm. like open marriages. I don't care what other people do. Like it's whatever. And I think now everyone's like, I'm poly, I'm poly. I mean, listening to people dating now where they're like, you know, they're into consensual non-monogamy. I'm like, oh, for fucking crying out loud. I mean- (laughs) This girl at my Christmas party this year was like, okay, so I'm dating this girl. Well, I mean, she's in a relationship, but she's dating me. And I'm like, so you're not dating that. Like all this semantics is ridiculous. I think Mm -hmm. if you're in a relationship, I think it's the emotional thing for me, which would be more hurtful. Like I, I have no, I've been with my wife for nine years. I'm not like interested in hooking like I don't know it's just like you go through different phases in your life but I think for me if like she had like a really deep emotional relationship with someone else that would feel pretty awful and so when to bring it back to the episode when Gunther or whatever the fuck Gareth I mean he is the most gnarliest look he just feels like a chode like visual representation when he says it's just kissing and he's like full on making out. I think in my mind, I'd be like, that's like, I don't think you should have been doing that. You know what I mean? Like I wouldn't be thrilled if my wife did that. And I don't think she'd be thrilled if I did that either. Um, So yeah, I think the whole concept of cheating is like, just like I said, with this whole non-monogamy, it's just gotten like a little ridiculous, you know? I don't know. I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's fluid and it's interesting. It's like, you know, I'm in, I'm in like a, a a real kind of meat and potatoes gay marriage. We of course know lots of, of, I mean, gay male couples, especially who are, have all sorts of different arrangements and God bless them each and every one of them. It's not for me. So I, I haven't had really many brushes with cheating myself either for that reason. I mean, the only thing that comes to mind is is not romantic cheating in any way, but it's also kind of sparked by the Samantha story with her her trainer and the pubes and all, all, you know all that stuff, which is that. So my husband and I were actually I started going to this was years ago, a personal trainer 
for a while and really sweet straight guy and and it was just like good in the way that it's just good anytime that you're like I don't want to let this person down so I am going to show up on, on time and I'm paying them like I got to show up and do it so it was good but you know after a while you're like oh I don't I'm, I, I would be doing this anyway and this is very expensive and so we reached a point where I was like I'm just going to like be here on my own so I would still see him at the gym and we would chat and then Michael, my husband starts going to the gym and he's like, I think I want a trainer to like, keep me on track a little, or at least get me on track. So I'm like, Oh, we'll go to this guy. He's really nice. And they start going and then Michael's like, do you ever feel like he's, um, he like talks about himself a little bit too much. Like he, and I was like, yeah, you know, now that I think about it, there was like a lot more talking than there was like exercising. And I think it's, I think there, I think he's used to like, gay guys who are just like excited to be in a physical interaction with him. And they're, they're like kind of titillated by him talking about like the girls that he's sleeping with or whatever. And, and it's like, we're so not interested in that. Like we actually want you to just like, yeah, we need to be shredded. So yeah, shut up. it's about <laughs> us. And so eventually Michael was like, I'm, I'm going to stop going to him and kind of doing what I did. And we're, we're, so we're both going to this gym. We're both seeing this trainer just out on the floor. And, you know, either one of us would, would say hi to him or whatever. At a certain point, Michael is like, I got my eye on a different trainer. And not like I got my eye, like I got my eye on him. Like I'm seeing him working out and like, I kind of want to try working out with him because he, it like, I like, he's doing like really challenging stuff. looks cool. And there was this whole crisis of conscience of like, what do I say? By this point, it had been almost a year since he had worked out with the other trainer. And there was this whole discussion of like, do I owe it to him to let him know I'm going to see someone else? Do I not? What? And I was like, I don't think you do. You know, you're not in any kind of professional arrangement with him right now. And like a good amount of time has gone by. And so he was like, okay, I'm just going to make the appointment. He makes the appointment to be with the new trainer. And I, I feel like, an hour later gets a text from the old trainer that's like, Hey, my manager mentioned that you were looking to get back into training. When do you want to come in? Somehow he got, he got wind. Uh, So anyway, long story short, (laughs) Michael has been working out with a new trainer, loves him. Seems like a great guy. And the other trainer now has iced us both out, unfollowed us on Instagram. It now feels like you're running into an ex in public multiple times a week when in fact nothing happened anyway what a pointless story no it's uh i mean you i can't believe that you guys stayed at the same gym like that's what i was gonna say it's like if you change hairdressers like you have to go to a different hair salon like you have like that that's the rules of society like you guys are wild it's just hard it's like geographically our options are limited like we live in eagle rock you know oh yeah no then then he should understand yeah it's almost like he should get a he should he He should should quit i think he should leave actually yeah i think also he should leave Okay, let's get back to the episode. I I mean, I don't know. What's jumping out to you about the Charlotte Power lesbian elite storyline? Like, I love when they go. To, is G-Spot the name of the club that they go to? It is. Yeah. Um, yeah. They actually went to G-Spot, and then they went to Love Tunnel. Oh, great. Great, great names. Just wanted to make sure we the all two. knew what we, were, what we were dealing with. I yes. love it. The other thing that is burned into my memory from this episode is the is the sequence of Charlotte dancing in slow motion, and oh, it's, it's like great. 
her literally her hair is down. She's like dancing with abandon and, you know, is, is like free in a way she has never been able to be free before that really, I don't know, just stayed with me. Well, yeah. it also just cemented how I am such a Charlotte. Like that's what I just kept mm. taking away from it. Like, oh my God, I was this, you know, waspy debutante who like tripped into some swinger shit in my early 20s and then ended up being a lesbian. Like I was like, you, Charlotte, should have actually ended up as the mm. power les. That would have been cool. Just like that. That would have been so much cooler. The other thing I was going to say, the, a couple of things, um, you know, that were that were interesting just about her journey through that is the girls also being like, dude, you can't like just keep hanging out with these lesbians. And she's like, why not? You know, why? What's the big deal? But then at the end, when the superpower les, which, by the way, the way that they explain i know this person i know a woman mm -hmm. in new york city who is a venture capitalist hold on i wrote it all down because i was like a little shook telluride this woman i know has a sick chalet in telluride wow. she no no i mean it's just patty is her name it's like investments telluride the ski trips on multiple boards one of the biggest art collectors i'm like oh my god do they base this on this one said woman, a superstar uh, lesbian that shall remain nameless? But when Patty looks at her and is like, if you don't eat pussy, you're not a dyke, it's just the most. Mm. That is what this episode for me, if we're going to like put a bow on Charlotte's storyline, is it's like we go from her being fascinated, all of the tropes, being like, wow, I do love just like being around powerful women and like, there's such a different vibe because there is a different vibe in queer female space. There just is. But there's also that like a lot of power energy exchange Her being more feminine. Everyone's like super into her because she's new blood, which in the lesbian world, they're like, oh, my God, a hot new girl that we haven't seen before that like all of us want to fuck because we've all already fucked each other and we've all had to become friends again because the pool is so small. Like she immediately gets invited to tell a ride and Patty just comes in and is like, no, if you ain't eating pussy, you ain't getting on the PJ. And I'm just like, yes. Wow. So, God bless really her. I got to say, I did love Charlotte's like sort of lesbian cosplay hair. They're like slicked oh. on top, but like kind of messy. Mm -hmm. She did look hot. I was I was there for that transformation. But yeah, unfortunately, she didn't have what it took ultimately to be welcomed no. into the club. No, And that is too early. I'm having a similar experience right now, but with pickleball, where oh, there's God. a group of lesbians who play pickleball. And yeah, Natalie have... Garcia, she's the head of the pickleball. I know all those lesbians. I can oh, I wonder in. if I thank you. Well, I, oh I'm, I'm trying hard. It's like the pressure's on. I played with like eight lesbians last weekend and the, my friend Blair uh, invited me and I was like, I'm going to be on my best behavior because I, I want so badly to be welcomed into this circle. Oh and... yeah. Treat those lesbians mean, keep them, keep them keen. I know those pickle <laughs> lesbians. Don't you worry about it, Matt. But yeah, they are. But they they don't welcome always with open arms, which is why I think Charlotte really just like went into the cradle because mm -hmm. she was mm -hmm. ready. You too. Thank you. Here's yeah. hoping. 
Um, anything else? We haven't talked about the Samantha thing too much. The Samantha thing was really interesting. And like, for me, just the, the cultural touchstone of it, it was the moment when everyone, uh, started having very interesting pubic hair situations. It was Mm. the moment when Gwyneth Paltrow says in the press that the J sisters changed her life. Um, And then Cindy Barshop of uh, Real Housewives fame opens completely bare salon. um, And then it proliferates all over the city. It was the time not uh, it was just before the time of bejazzling. Um, I do. Thank you for bringing up bejazzling. I appreciate you for that. That's a real historical moment that needed to be honored on this on this episode. Thank you. Yes. You're welcome. I do think that they were the first to do it as well. I think that yeah. at Completely Bare, uh, you know, they were the first, they were the first to bejazzle. Uh, correct me, any listener, if I'm, if I'm wrong. Um, but wow, what, uh, what pioneers. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I do feel like, you know, as always, they are these cultural trailblazers, the, you know, the people behind this show. And it really did open up the the convo about pubic hair. But also I love just the fact that, you know, he fed her the line that like he never does this, but he always fantasizes about it. And the way that she finds out is the twin uh, lightning bolts in the steam room. Because at at first, when you watch that episode, they're like in there, we've been talking about lesbians. We've been talking about porn, like this whole episode there, what there is a quick moment and a quick exchange between the two women where you're like, is Samantha going to fuck this chick in the steam room, which mm. is also hot, which could also very well happen on sex in the city. But the whole like looking down and seeing, you know, the lightning bolts and kind of Carrie's comment that lightning strikes twice, you know, it's just so it's, it's good. It's really good. But it did make me go. It's like if, when I am going into a steam room, the towel staying around the waist, or if not, it's at least draped over the lap. Like no one's exposing. Clearly you're not going to the pubes. equinox. You're not going. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. I what, but I've been, and there is a because I've heard stories, vibe. Matt, about that male st- that men's steam room on the second floor. Let me tell you, You're, it's true. Yeah, the Equinox in Glendale is decidingly hetero. Uh, I live up for the street. I'm I'm aware. <laughs> and yeah, it's also really ironic when Miranda says kind of offhandedly something about. Like I was a lesbian in fourth grade. In fourth it's grade? interesting to if you watch this for clues that like that Miranda was, you know, deeply in the closet even back then. And that's canon, right? Like it's like she's she says, I was a lesbian in fourth grade. It was nice. And then like her outfit also, you know, those like I, I it's uh I, I love it so much. She and then when she says what I love so much actually about that storyline as well is like, aren't I enough is the mm-hmm. question that she asks uh you know about 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 ethan who loves porn it's it does feel like miranda was was so deeply closeted yeah. even in the beginning do you think they meant they were always knew they were gonna write her as coming back as a lesbian because it didn't show up in the movies there wasn't a hint. I mean, now it well, all, is... all works so perfect. This is this is the hint. I know. I, I I don't think so. But like, I wonder if just the fact that Cynthia Nixon was out 
just managed to seep in, you know what I mean? It managed to sort of absorb itself into the character a little bit, even if it wasn't fully written that way. I don't know. Yeah. Do you think watching porn is cheating? It depends how much you watch it. That's what I think. Mm. I think that if you are, if you are only watching porn and like not in, like if, if it's like, I don't know, not engaging with the, with your significant other and only watching porn, there's something like, maybe it's not cheating. It's more like uh, an intimacy issue. Like I think yeah, Ethan has an intimacy, has he like something like, like the Ethan thing was so, I, so interesting. Right. Cause I would almost rather someone like, let's just say hypothetically, like my wife was on like a work trip and like, I don't know, brought like a vibrator and watched some porn. While Great. she was gone. Who cares? Like, Who I don't cares? know. That's Who awesome. Cares? But I, I think it's weird to watch porn to your point and not if you're watching it with your partner and not have it be like. I also don't think it's weird to yeah. watch porn with other people, but maybe I'm I've never done that before. I don't think. But I've also watched like real live people have sex at a sex party. So maybe that's the same. Mm. I don't know. A little more like IRL. Mm hmm. It, but if it's is, like for, like for like connection like with the person who you are going to have sex with, yeah, like is that I think yeah. that there's something different. Like there was something yeah. so like he's watching. He's it's not about her, right? Yeah. It's about the it's about the porn. Yeah, but and then she he just he happens to be there. Yeah. Well, he says he's like, I barely know you, and like these people I've been <laughs> in a relationship with for forever. Right. Like wow. Wow. You know? Wow. Wow, and, you know, indeed. Yeah. The thing I love, isn't it true and that like the writers of the show, they would bring in stories and everything that happened that they would put in the show has had to have like actually happened to them or someone that they yeah. know. I think like it and it feels that way, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's like you can't really write this. Like this feels like something that must have at least in some form of a shade happen to someone in real life. And it feels, that's what I love so much about this show, especially yeah. in these early years. I do too. And I love imagining like the, in, speaking of intimacy, the intimacy of that writer's room to yes. share. Like, can you imagine Nicole at your job sharing stories about like your pubic hair? <laughs> I mean, hopefully one day I'll feel. Yeah, maybe. Uh, <laughs> But at my current uh, job mm -hmm. on American Dad, like no, I, I don't think so. <laughs> Just hasn't not not a place. It hasn't for come it. up yet in the seven in the seven years I've been there. Who knows? Who knows? Well, Liz Cully, Nicole Shabtai, thank you both so much for being here. So many profound insights here, and as always, like the best parts of this aren't even the hot takes about the show. It's like your stories of your life. I just, I don't know. I love it. I'm very appreciative for both of you. Thank you for having Thank us. Thank you so much. And that's our show. Please do give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and follow us on Instagram at and just like Matt Pod. And Just Like Matt is a World of Wonder production created and hosted by me, Matt McConkie. Our executive producer is Renee Colvert. Our associate producer is Jess Walensky. And our audio engineer is Justin Matson. 
Many thanks to Michael Pressman and everyone at World of Wonder. 